بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی علیہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ سنائی از دا ٹوینٹی سکس آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی Now we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu anh. And I've reached the stage where I've mentioned that he's now living through the glorious khalifat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. So during Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq's khalifat radiallahu anh, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu anh was one of those fortunate mujahids under the command of the majestic Sayyidina Al-Ala Ibn Hadrami Radiyallahu So there was jihad taking place like I mentioned One of the commanders His name is Al-Ala Ibn Hadrami Radiyallahu Abu Huraira was under his command So this narration Is recorded in Abu Ya'la in his Musnad Number 5491 or 3-120 Behaqi in his Delay al-Nubu'ah, number 416, Ibn Abi Dunya, Abu Nu'im in his Delay al-Nubu'ah, page 224, Al-Bidayah, volume 6, page 155, page 292, Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 523 to 524, page 533, page 542 to 543 of the New English Translation. Sayyidina Anas, radiyallahu anhu, he relates, I witnessed three things, which if they were in the Bani Israel, then the nations would not have shared with them their virtue. <coughs> so what did the great Sayyidina Anas say? He said, I saw three things. And if these three things were related to us, I, from the Bani Israel, because we would be envious of them. But he goes, I witnessed these three things. We thereupon asked eagerly, What are they, O Abu Hamza? Ay Anas, radiyallahu. So he, radiyallahu, said, The first, we were at Sufa with Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when a migrating woman came to him with a son of hers, who had reached the age of adolescence. The woman was Ummu Sa'ib, radiyallahu, and she was extremely old and blind. He grouped وسلم, the woman with the women and grouped her son with us. So stop in the report. So this is the first of the three amazing things Anas witnessed. He's given the narration. And he basically said that a very old woman, she was blind and very old, Um Sa'ib, she came with her son and she wanted to stay and learn from Rasulullah. So the Prophet وسلم, he put the old woman with the women. And he put the sun with the Ashab al-Suf. It wasn't long before the sun was afflicted with the harsh conditions of Al-Madinah. And he thus became ill for days on end. And ultimately, he passed away. So look how strange. You would expect the mother to pass away. You know, on the end of her life, very old, frail, blind. The sun falls ill. He gets ill. He passes away. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam covered him 
and ordered that he be prepared for burial. So the Holy Prophet himself came, saw that he passed away. He goes, basically do what needs to be done. He then said, when we wanted to wash him, O Anas, go to his mother and inform her, meaning she doesn't know her son's passed away. So imagine Anas thinking, how am I going to break this news? He goes, this is, she sacrificed so much, she's an old blind woman, who's going to look after that? But Rasulullah told me to tell her, so he goes. When he informed the mother, she then came and sat at her dead son's feet and she said in grief, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I surrendered myself to you voluntarily. I turned against the idols from abstinence and I migrated to you out of desire. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not now cause the idol worshippers to become delighted with my affliction and do not burden me with this calamity that I cannot bear. So what's happening? So the mother comes, somebody brought her respectfully, she's blind, she feels her son, she knows he's passed away and she sits at his feet and she's basically pouring her heart out. She's basically saying, Oh my Lord, I've migrated to you. I left the idols. I suffered coming here because I was old and blind. But I did this for your pleasure. He goes, don't now let the idol worshippers become happy. Meaning, if they hear about this, they will say, look, this is what happens when you leave idol worship. The idols afflict you. Because don't give them that, you know, that happiness. He goes, please don't burden me with this. Anas radiyallahu said, Subhanallah, she had not even finished her words before her son's feet began to move. And he removed the sheet from his face. Subhanallah, he then lived on till Allah the Almighty took his messenger, and also his mother. He goes, this was the first amazing event. <laughs> so what happened? Ted came back to life. Now what's amazing about this? Is this a mu'jiza or is this a karama? So the scholars say this is not a mu'jiza. This was a, a, a miracle of the companions. So that's a karama. Obviously from the Prophet, you know, you'd expect amazing, incredible things. But the fact that it wasn't the Prophet, it was a woman. And she goes, I can't bear this, Ya Allah, this is too much. And then came back to life. And imagine Anas, jaw drop. And, he, and the youngster gets up, he's completely healthy. And he goes on to live a long time. Because that was the first amazing thing. Now what's important before moving on? What does that tell you about the mother's door? You know, people say, oh, mother's door isn't very, you know, my mother's not old here. And in the day, you know, you say, brother, Brothers, mothers, du'as bring dead to life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about that, you know, what's left to be said about the mother's du'a? Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is the Prophet mentioned the du'a of the father. <laughs> he goes, the father, there's no barrier between the father's du'a. There's no veil between the father's du'a and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> so the father, what about the mother? Brings the dead to life. That's why you have to be very careful uh, with your mother. Make sure that she's happy. Mm-hmm. Then Anas radiyallahu said, 
The second amazing event, so you go, this is the second one now, is when Umar prepared an army and made Al-Ala ibn Hadrami in charge of it. So now he's mentioning a second incident. He mentions Umar. He goes, Umar prepared the army. Who did he put in charge of the army? Remember the name? Al-Ala ibn Hadrami. But there seems to be an error here. Why? In another report, it mentions Abu Bakr Siddiq, dispatched Sayyidina Ala ibn Hadrami to fight the apostates in Bahrain. This is in Tabari in his Tariq, volume 2, page 522, Al-Bidaya, volume 6, page 328, Ayat al volume 5, page 544 of the New English Translation. So, what's the error? Somebody slipped because Umar prepared the army. Why would Umar prepare the army when Abu Bakr is the Khalifa? So the authentic report says Abu Bakr appointed Allah and they headed towards Bahrain to fight the apostates. Another report adds a detail in Al-Bidayah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had first sent Sayyidina Allah ibn al-Hadrami to the king of Bahrain. Munvir ibn Sawa Abdi rahmatullah and he had embraced Islam at his hands. However, Munvir, the king of Bahrain, Rahmatullah, passed away shortly after Rasulullah passed away. When Munvir passed away, the people of Bahrain apostatized. So let's break this down. So Rasulullah, towards the end of his unparalleled life, he sends this Sahaba. Al-Allah ibn al-Hadrami. What's his mission? Go to the king of Bahrain. And invite him to Islam. What's the king's name? Munvir. He embraced Islam. He's not a companion because he never saw the Prophet. So technically he's Tabi. But when Rasulullah passed away, the king also passed away. When the king of Bahrain passed away, the people apostatized in Bahrain. Have you understood? So who has to deal with that now? Abu Bakr. Another report adds a detail. In Tabri in his Tariq, volume 2, page 522, Al-Bidaya, volume 6, page 328, Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 544 of the New English Translation. When Sayyidina Al-Ala, was near Bahrain, Sayyidina Thumama ibn Uthal, and many of his men came to him, together with a large number of other neighboring chiefs. So stop in the report. So Allah is heading towards Bahrain to deal with the apostates. As he's going towards Bahrain, many other chiefs, Muslims came to support him. Have you understood? So a lot of other tribes have joined him on the march towards Bahrain. They agreed to halt at a place. But subhanallah, hardly had they halted and alighted, than their camels bolted together with all their provisions and belongings, leaving them only with the garments they were wearing. It was night and they could do nothing except grieve and worry. It reached a stage where each of them began to dictate his will to the other. So stop in the report, what's happened? So this huge force is going towards Bahrain. They camp at night and something happened. The camels bolted. The camels, they transport. Not just their transport, food, drink, everything's on there. So when the camels bolted, they middle of nowhere, 
and they're thinking, what's happened? They got that desperate, they thought, we better start lighting our wills, meaning we might even die. Sayyidina Al-Ala, the commander, he then brought them closer and he encouraged them. He said, Allah the Almighty will not abandon us because we are in his path. Then after Salat of Fajr, Sayyidina Al-Ala, he made dua and they made dua raising their hands. The sun rose and they supplicated a second and a third time. So stop in the report. So the commander Sayyidina Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami, he goes, don't worry. He's wearing the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So obviously they thought he's just saying that to comfort us. So after Fajr, they all make it dua, nothing happens. The sun rose, meaning maybe Ishraq time now. Doesn't mention they prayed Ishraq, but you maybe expect them to have prayed Ishraq. They made a second dua, nothing happened. Then the report says they make a third dua. So maybe this is like maybe mid-morning now. Anas radiyallahu said, Subhanallah. Suddenly, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He created by the sight a mighty spring. It just erupted from the ground. Sayyidina Allah radiyallahu and others then came to it and drank the water and also bathed themselves. And they thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what was the first immediate danger? There was no water. They're in the middle of a you know, desolate place. Allah Ta'ala caused a huge spring to flow. They all drank. They thought, Alhamdulillah, right? And they also bathed, cooled off. Then before the day had not even progressed much, meaning a few minutes or an hour or so later, Subhanallah, the camels returned to them from every direction with everything which was upon them. Nothing was found missing, not even a piece of thread. The animals also went to the spring and they drank to their fill. Anas said, this was a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this expedition, because I witnessed it. <laughs> so this was another miracle. Then he continued going back to the main report. I was in his, home, in his army, Anas said, radiyallahu and we came to our camp and found that our people felt our arrival and had no water and the heat was intense. Thirst had exhausted us and our animals, this was a flight. Another report adds a detail. So this is in Bukhari in his tarikh, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 544 of the New English Translation. When we reached the place where we were to engage the enemy, so the beast now the place, Bahrain, to deal with the apostates. We discovered that they had been warned beforehand about our arrival. They then fled the area and they obliterated every sign of water due to which our animals experienced tremendous difficulty. So what happened? The apostates, they, they didn't even bother facing the Muslims. But the shaitans that they were at the time, they thought, get rid of all the water, the wells, destroy the wells. This will make them suffer. If not, because at least we'll delay them. And they did. So Hazrat Allah got there and he thought, there's nobody here. Next minute, the water sources are going to as well. When the sun was about to pass the meridian, he prayed two rakats 
and he stretched his hands in supplication towards the sky and we could not see anything in the sky. So in other words, he's doing it again. Now he goes, it's like Zawal time. He waits for the time to pass and it's the time of Zohar entering. It's a very special time where the gates of the heavens are opened. And then Alice goes, I looked in the sky, there wasn't a single cloud. He goes, it was complete blue. And he goes, he's making dua. He goes, subhanallah. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before he dropped his hands, Allah the Almighty sent a wind and formed a cloud and it rained until it filled the water passages. We drank and gave water to our animals and carried some with us. So imagine, 50 degrees, Arabian desert, sun's blasting, not a cloud inside, Allah's making dua. So they're thinking, so Alice is looking, thinking, well, at the end of the day, you know, we're only humans. He goes, he drops his hands, he goes, this refreshing wind just comes out of nowhere. And he goes, we see, we see a cloud. And then he goes, a completely torrential downpour. Because everybody drank, animals are recovered. Then he said, Anas. Thirdly, then we approached our enemy. Why? Because they thought, or oh, they're here, they've caught up. Who had passed a gulf in the sea to an island. <laughs> so Bahrain is, a, you know, on the coast. So what these apostates did, they thought, we'll get onto the island. We're safe. The water, take the boats out. So Allah Anas said, he looked in the distance and he could see the island. And he said, Ya Aliyo, Ya Azimo, Ya Halimo, Ya Karim. O the lofty one, O the immense, O the forbearing, O the noble. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he said, let us now cross in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Adding a detail. Another report mentions he made the following dua. Ya Alimo, O the most knowing, O the most forbearing, O the lofty, O the immense. We are your servants and are out in your path fighting your enemy. Shower rains upon us so that we may drink from it and make wudu with it. Then when we leave, do not grant anyone else a share from it. In another report, Al-Allah added, Forge for us a path to get to your enemy. This is in Al-Bidayah, volume 6, page 155, Hayat al volume 5, page 544 of the New English Translation. So he took the great names. Then he goes, let us proceed. So imagine you're in the army. Proceed what? This is the body of water. Is he expecting us to travel on water? Anas, look what he said. Subhanallah. We bravely traversed. And Allahu Akbar. The water did not moisten even the hooves of our riding animals. And in a short time, we thus attacked the enemy, <laughs> killed, captured, and subdued. <laughs> so what happened? He took some very interesting names. The Prophet said, 
that if you take the great name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will answer you. This is one of the reports they look at. What great names did Sayyidina Al-Ala ibn Al-Hadrami call out before asking Allah Ta'ala for help? Ya Aliyo, or the lofty one. Ya Azimo, or the immense one. Ya Halimo, or the most forbearing. Ya Qareem, or the noble. And in another report, he goes, Ya Alim, or the most knowing. So the scholar said, you take those names. Allah will answer your dua. So imagine, Anas, he goes, traveling on water. He goes, I'm looking at the hooves. They're not even getting wet. And then he goes, imagine, you're the enemy on the island. <laughs> you should get a white flag. I don't know what the hell's. And Anna said, because they, we attacked the enemy, we killed, captured, and subdued them. It's like they, because we're not fighting humans, we're fighting jinn. Another report, now why am I mentioning all this? I haven't mentioned Abu Huraira once. Another report, now from Abu Huraira, he was in this army. Abu Huraira added, in Tabarani, in his Kabir, which is Hassan, I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we crossed the sea and the hooves of our animals did not get wet. And our army that day consisted of 4,000 soldiers. So Abu Hurair was one of them. Notice he's in the background. You don't want to mention it, but I'm going to mention it because they're going to think, oh, where did you get this knowledge from? He was one of them. And he goes, look, I'm telling you now. He goes, hooves didn't get wet. And in case you're wondering, there's 4,000 of us. Another day, poor adds, the distance they covered would have taken an entire day and night by ship. This is in Tabari in his Tariq, volume 2, page 526, Al-Bidaya, volume 6, page 329, Ayat al volume 5, page 545 of the New English Translation. So how far does a ship travel in a day and night? That's how far the island was. <laughs> but he goes, we did it very quickly. Because ship takes, you know, you know, it takes a bit of a while, we were galloping. So they are, you know, they are, oh, it's over. Then the report says, then we returned from the island. And we did not, the water did not once again even moisten the hooves of our riding animals. So they came back. So they thought, well, we're stuck on the island now. No, not stuck on the island. Let's go again. So imagine prisoners now thinking, well, what's happening? Right? They're going to make us go over there as well. Imagine what they must have, you know, they must have thought, who are we fighting here? Right? You know, imagine you're a prisoner on a camel and underneath is just a big body of water and you're on the surface. Wouldn't you be thinking, what is going on here? He goes, we came all the way back. Another report adds, all this transpired within the space of a single day. This is in Tabari in his Tariq, volume 2, page 526, Al-Bidaya, volume 6, page 329, Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 545 of the New English Translation. So all of what I'm talking about, Anas is saying, it, we, all of that happened in a day. You know, the rain and, you know, the rain came and <laughs> the camels came back and, you know, everything. And then we went across the water, we got out to the island, we got we, we finished the enemies off. We took, we, and when you hear all, oh, it must have been a couple of days at least. He goes, no, within a day. It happened within a day. Another report, Sayyidina Allah, then divided the spoils. 
the horsemen got 2000 dirhams each and the footmen got 1000 each in spite of the large number of the army <laughs> so what's happened four fifths go to the mujahids one fifth goes back to the capital he goes even though there was four thousand of us he goes there was that much spoils the one who were riding the horse they got two thousand dirhams and the one who were walking they got a thousand <laughs> but to be honest after all these miracles that's like okay yeah <laughs> Like, you know, really that, they were interested in that. Then Sayyidina Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami he wrote back to Abu Bakr about the whole event. And he in turn expressed gratitude to what had happened. So imagine Abu Bakr is back in Al-Madina, you know, holding the situation. <laughs> and he's hearing, imagine you get a report, would you believe it? What? 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 Because rain came and yet went over the sea, captured them, brought them over. Everybody got spoils. We didn't lose anything. Our camels bolted everything. So he just went, Alhamdulillah. Saif ibn Umar Tamimi added, This is in Tabari in his tarikh 3 312 Al Bidayah. I was amongst the Muslims in this expedition. A monk, a monk of Hajar, witnessed the miracle. And he embraced Islam immediately. When we asked him about it, why, what, what, how did you become Muslim to the monk? He said, I was afraid if I did not embrace Islam, Allah the Almighty and Glorious might have metamorphosized me because I had seen such a wondrous sign. Then look what the monk said. I also heard the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the atmosphere and realized that no people are helped by angels unless they are following the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He then became a good Muslim and the companions heard from him as well. So what's happened? It was a monk. So I don't know where the Ba'as geography is, he was seeing this. It doesn't matter. He embraced Islam. And they asked him, why, you know, what was your, what's, your, what's your history? He goes, you have heard, I saw it, and I was scared to death. I thought, if I don't embrace Islam after this, Allah Ta'ala is going to change me into an ape or a swine. And he goes, not only did I see those signs, he goes, I was hearing zikr in the sky. And I goes, I realized these people are people of God. Because angels only help the people of God. Because I realized this was the truth. And the companions had so much love for that monk. They would hear from him. They would trust him. Because you're a trustworthy person. So look how interesting. People were embracing Islam as well. To finish the report. And then. That was the second miracle. Then he said the final. The third. And I said. Lastly a short time passed. And Sayyidina Allah passed away. SubhanAllah. Thus we dug for him. We washed him and buried him. So look how amazing. Sayyidina Allah ibn al-Hadrami radiyallahu. He didn't live long. That's why you don't hear it. You know, what was this sahaba? How's he gone under the radar, right? Because he passed away. All of that happened. On the way back, he passes away. So the Mujahids, they dug a grave for him. They washed him and they buried him. 
upon which a man came after his burial and asked, who is this you have buried? So somebody came and he goes, who's this fresh grave? So we responded, this is the best of mankind, Ibn al-Hadrami. Look how sad that is. So they just walked in, never heard his name in his life, right? Best of mankind. He mentioned a footballer, oh yeah, I'll give you full tafsir of it, right? Who's best of mankind? And he goes, oh, the Prophet sallallahu Yeah, yeah, mashallah. But who, uh, who did the Sahaba say is the best of mankind? I'll tell you straight, Al-Allah ibn al-Hadrami. They say, Allah, right? You crack ball, right? Al-Allah ibn al-Hadrami. Never even heard of it. And he goes, best of mankind, you never heard of him. Right? So he goes, the best of mankind, very dear. The man then said, and he was disappointed. He goes, this ground you buried him in, it is not a good place. Because the dead are, they come to the surface. So I think you should take him to a land that accepts the dead. He goes, this is not a good place. He goes, if he's such a great person, like you were saying, he goes, you know, respectfully take him out, bury him in a good place. So we said, he's right. What is the reward of our companion that we now leave him for the beast to devour? If we leave him, he goes, this isn't a good thing. He goes, he's right. He knows the land. We just gathered upon to take him out. Subhanallah. We dug upon reaching the lahad. That's like the brick. We did not notice our companion in it. It's because we took, opened, you know, dug the grave, took the bricks. Because where is he? Then suddenly, the lahad was filled with glittering light as far as the eye can see. We just put the lahad back, left the soil, because we left it. He goes, look, don't worry about our companions. So Anas goes, that was the third thing. So now all of this, who was an eye, ear, Participant of this entire incident, Abu Hurairah. Now, think about it. What do you think? As if his Iman needed that boost. We need boosting because we're dead. Right? What do you think that's going to do to his Iman? Anas is narrating, not Abu Hurairah. Anas is narrating. He goes, oh, I saw three things, I'm telling you. He goes, if you were from Bani Israel, because we would be jealous. But Alhamdulillah, we experienced it. What is it? What is it? What is it? And look at the three beautiful things. One was the mother's door bringing the son to life, and the two are related to the expedition of Sayyidina Al Ala ibn Al Hadrami. One is the miracle that happened during the the expedition, and then finally his resting place. Now, question: Where is he? <laughs> Think about it. You know, look how amazing Allah Taala brought that man. Think about that. Because the man, otherwise they wouldn't have known that Allah was honoring him. And the man, you know, because he knew the land, he goes, this isn't a good place to bury this noble man. Because the earth expels, you take him out. If he didn't come, would they have seen this? He goes, no, no, we need to, we need to. And then when they looked, he's not even there. And he goes, noon blasting out of it. They go, oh, just put it back. Just put it back. He goes, the best of mankind. He goes, Allah, the last looking after him. Now, question, where's his grave? Look how amazing, you know, with all these, right? You know, the real men, in it? Allah Ta'ala, you know, you know, think about it, where are their graves? You know, they didn't fill those, in it? They're not bothered about coming to visit, right? You know, subhanAllah. And also, look at that other, just to add this to finish. Remember that other sahab, Zul Bajadin. 
the one with the two cloths. He went on the expedition of the book. And Ibn Mas'ud, said, this is a long journey, 500, 600 miles, middle of the night. He goes, suddenly he goes, I see some, a light in the distance. And he goes, I go, and subhanAllah, Rasulullah is in the grave. And the two sheikhs are passing him a body. So I rush, and it was Dhul Bajadeh. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa what did he say? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Oh my Lord, I am pleased with him. You be pleased with him. And Ibn Masood said, Oh, how I wish I was that lonely one in that grave. Oh, how I wish I was the lonely one in that grave. So why have I mentioned this report? Where is this grave? Ibn Masood gave you a clue. Lonely one. Middle of nowhere. But what did Ibn Masood say? I wish I was there. So Sahaba are buried in very interesting places. Dhul Bajadin. What do we know about Dhul Bajadin? He was Allah. The hadith about the burial is in Tabarani. Allah means that he would do dhikr loud. And some people say, oh, he's, doing, he's showing off, he's showing off. And the Prophet said, no, he goes, he's Allah. He goes, he's lost in dhikr. Hakim Sayyid Hadith. And who does Allah Ta'ala call Allah in the Quran? Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So, Dhul Bajadin, Allah ibn al-Hadrami. These are the men. Well, what do we do? Let's learn about footballers, mashallah. And you rise up with your kaja, right? Are there any questions you'd like to ask?